Well, hello, Hillcrest. Welcome to our Together We Believe podcast as we supplement our summer sermon series with that same title, Together We Believe. As each week, we want to share some brief conversations with our people about how we can practically and tangibly increase our experience of life and joy in Jesus and close that gap between what we believe to be true and what we experience as reality. So this week, my name is Fred. I'm here today with uh, David Bartosik and with somebody I know pretty well, my wife, Jennifer Schmidt. And uh, we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking with you about God's Word, about the Bible. So we hope that you are, are blessed by this and you enjoy this. Uh, so, so Jennifer, why don't you introduce yourself? And um, I'd love to hear kind of your, your first encounter with God's Word as far back as you can remember. And also, just before you share on that second part, we want to hear you develop a little bit, because you, you share a fairly intimate relationship with the other uh, interview on this, uh, <laughs> on this segment. So yeah, we'd love to hear a little bit of who you are and then uh, maybe a few stories about this gentleman to our right. So um, yes, I'm married to Fred. Um, and when we, when we first um, started coming to Hillcrest, I think a lot of people thought um, Fred was Jennifer's husband and because I uh, I am loud Used and, to? Uh, <laughs> and extroverted and now I um, am honored to say that I think more people recognize me mm. as Fred's wife and um, know him first and so I think that that's uh, that's been a little bit of a change in and just uh, the reality of of our roles and um, and things at, at Hillcrest but that's been a fun that's been a fun shift to see. Um, so yeah, we've enjoyed we've enjoyed our time at Hillcrest and and um, and growing in our faith. But my faith journey really did start um, as a child. I uh, I never knew unsaved parents. Uh, they became Christians uh, when I was just a toddler. And um, my mom uh, read us Bible stories. I might tear up a little bit telling you this because. I feel so blessed that uh, my mom read us Bible stories every night. Um, I, we would beg for certain ones. My favorite one was Hannah. Uh, my brothers, of course, David and Goliath and Samson were some of their favorites. Um, but yeah, we we would picture some of the things happening. We'd have her re-explain. Uh, so, so I knew the Bible stories really well. She also would um, have us memorize scripture. And so we had little note cards and she would have us memorize our Bible verses and we, we would each go through our little cards. Um, and then I would say my dad, I, I would call my dad, uh, you know, a, a lay person theologian. He, he loves God's word. And um, I felt like I could often go to either one of my parents growing up and ask them questions and they would they would seem to have the answer and so still to this day fred and i will often get in really deep conversations with my parents and um, really enjoy that mm -hmm. so so take us back to um so so the bible was a bunch of really cool stories to you and and yes they are exciting they're engaging your mom was a big part of that when did the bible start to become God's truth to you, if, if I can put those words in your mouth. What, what was that transition like as you grew up? Yeah, I think, um, I think I always knew the Bible to be true, 
and I knew to be God's word, I wasn't sure how much of an impact daily it could have on my life. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I was curious. I was um, maybe heady in my understanding of, of uh, the Bible, like, oh, you know, God is fill in the blank. God is sovereign. And I could, I could point to something in scripture and say that I I don't, I don't see myself actually interacting with the Bible as a kid. Like I really probably college. I, you know, I think about college and was the first time I interacted with the Bible differently. Um, really just passionate about, about, um, wanting to change my life and live for God. So I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know I could do that. I, I knew as a Christian, uh, you know, is it safe to say I had fire insurance? I knew I wasn't going to hell. And and uh, and I knew some truths about the Bible, and I knew the Bible stories. And then kind of lived my life kind of just feeling like I was safe from hell. And then, um, and then you know, made some bad choices in college, and then decided, no, 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 I, I want to live for, I want to live in the joy and live for God. And that's when I think the Bible started to become real mm-hmm. for me was um, that third year of college was a, was a big, big shift for me. Hmm. And, and, and can you remember back, what was it about the Bible that became real to you and, and why did it become real? I started reading the New Testament hmm. for practical application. So, okay, God, how do I live? How do I... How do I build a life to become um, the Christian you want me to be? And the only way I can do that is to know you more and to know your word more. So I, I, I kind of poured myself then really um, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That like those four books, Philippians has you know, always been my favorite book in the Bible. Um, and so I, those four books, I think, is I read those the most in those times. Now, something I know about you, I I remember you would say that uh, when you were growing up, your Bible would flip open to the book of Romans, right? Is that true? And and so one of the themes that we're, we're, we're talking through is engaging the mind and awakening the heart. And would you say you experienced more of engaging the mind Yes. As you were growing up? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, I, like I, I was kind of alluding to earlier, I, it was, the Bible was heady to me. It was, mm. it was supposed to be this understand God at a, at a big level. Um, I think what I didn't always get though, was to stop and reflect and just be in awe of who God mm. is and, and what he, what he wants for me. Something today, I, I, I know it's a little diff- different maybe than the question you had, but I think just the other day when I was having my quiet time and I, I get up in the morning and have my quiet time every morning because I think it's the only way I can I can really function well is to start my day that way. But um, I was reading and it, and it hit me that, that this book is the beginning of time and the end of time and I'm a character in it. And I, I thought that was just a, a cool feeling to have is that I, I get to be a part of the most wonderful book ever. And I love books. I, maybe not as much as you do, David. I know you're a big time reader. I, I love books. 
and I, I get excited about a good story and, you know, the climax of the story and all that kind of stuff and the characters and, you know, which character would I be if I was playing this in a movie or something? I usually see myself as the main character. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the book is, I'm usually that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I usually try to see myself as the comic relief. So there you go. <laughs> so so that, I mean, I've just been enthralled watching the two of you guys interact. And I love even the way you frame that, right? We aren't the main character of this story. There was one main right. character. God is the main character and we are seeking to know him. And so in a roundabout way, as we talk about scripture, I'd love to hear this. Again, I'm just enthralled watching the two of you interact, the husband and wife. You've got your 30 year anniversary coming up. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just imagine over those 30 years, there have been a few conversations amongst each other where you don't fully understand what the other person, the author of the, the story might be communicating. Could you share one of those stories where there was miscommunication in your relationship? And this is not turning into a counseling session here. We are still on the topic of scripture, but between the two of you guys over the past 30 years, I just assume there's a chance that there may have been miscommunication sometime. Is there a story? What story comes to mind that there was miscommunication between the two of you guys and what happened? Uh, so I've got I've got an example that comes to mind that, that I wouldn't necessarily call miscommunication, but it, it took me like five years to realize that Jennifer and I are not the same. And I know that's, that, that is like five years. And I know that's ridiculous to say because we are so polar opposite, but I didn't understand that not everybody liked the same things that I liked and even liked doing things the same way that I did. So I think in that we were not communicating because I just assumed that she loved details and loved planning and all that stuff. And, and so once I figured out she was different, I started like, like I remember we, we, I surprised you with like a weekend away. And I had everything planned out, all the details all taken care of, but I just like laid it on her at the last second and said, all right, pack your bags, here's a packing list, we're going somewhere. <laughs> And so I learned in that way to communicate to her in a way that fills her love tank, her communication, that's different than, than the way I communicate. And, and honestly, like for some women, I think that would terrify them, like, you know, to find out the day of, all I needed to know, swimsuit or not. I like, said. I'm good. I like pack my bag, sure. Like, Hot, cold, swimsuit or not. I like, I just, I, I love surprise. I love, I love creativity and spontaneity. And, um, and what I also learned is Fred hates that. <laughs> <laughs> so was there ever a time in that, knowing that about Fred, where, where you guys were trying to figure out what the other was communicating? When, uh, when Fred and I were dating, I assumed that when he asked me to go to the library to study, that he was asking me out on a date. And we would go to the library and he'd pull out his books. And so I nicknamed him Freddie Unfun. <laughs> because that was not fun for me. I, I was not quite as studious, obviously, as he is. If anybody ever checks his transcript, it looks a whole lot better than mine. Because um, you thought he was communicating, he was taking you on a date and showing interest. He actually just really wanted to study. And stare at me across the table. David, I, I had homework. <laughs> there was things that needed to be done. Because here's what sometimes happens, and I'm curious about about how this works for you, Jan. Right? We believe 
God has revealed himself through his word. But sometimes it feels like I want to import my view on what he's telling me rather than seek his intent through his words. And some of those words are sometimes challenging uh, for you. Uh, were there any issues or concepts that you just struggle with or maybe even perhaps still struggle with trying to understand the author's intent or maybe when you arrived still struggle with how to live that out? I think the Bible, t I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to claim to be a theologian. I have not gone to seminary, but I will say that I, I think the Bible really comes alive to me when I'm reading it. And yeah. so I do, I have several books. I've, I've got one that I love. It's a little, it's like, I call it my travel Bible and it's literally got duct tape on the, on the binding, but I love it. But if you open that, it is colored in a lot of different colors because at different times in my life, I've underlined different things. And sometimes I'll go back and I'll look, but it's funny how that's not as, not as, uh, as critical of a piece that I'm, that I'm underlining now. I'm underlining something different. I think, do I, have I misunderstood? Sometimes I've taken scripture out of context and then later reread something and think, um, for example, I think sometimes I have taken scripture and read it and thought, wow, this really applies to America today. And funny thing is, is it, it was written to Israel. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't written to America. America is not in, in God's word. It's not stated as, as a country in God's word. And so, but I do think there are principles that are very real and very true. And so I think before I could take a promise and go like, oh, God promises this. And it's like, well, he really never meant that promise for me specifically, but it, there's truth in it, in the application or the practicalness of something. Practicality, mm -hmm. there we go. Good. So sometimes it feels like we try to make the Bible say whatever we wanted to say. And so for you, what's it like trying to pursue the author's intent, God's intent? What's that experience like? And why does that matter? I, I mean, like I said before, content, context is everything, right? It's who, who was God writing to? Why was he writing to them at that time? What was happening right now? I'm reading through a chronological Bible. It was the first time I've, uh, well, second time I've ever done this, but first time I've read it the way I've read it of really looking at history from beginning to end. And I think that's why the, the, you know, the, I fit in God's book, you know, kind of came, came about that, that idea. But I, I really, I think the most important thing for me is, um, praying right before I start to read and just kind of asking God, what, what, do you, what do you want me to, to note? What do you want me to notice? And kind of going at it with a, an appreciation, kind of a sense of wonder of, I, I don't know what, I don't know what God's gonna point out to me today. Um, and then I, I write it. Um, I was sharing that I, I have this Bible that I, that's, you know, um, duct taped and I've, I've written in. The thing about it is um, that I think God continues to speak to us fresh each time we go back to him. And so uh, that's why I, it, it doesn't matter that I've read Philippians hundreds of times because 
it it's fresh to me every time. So if you had to kind of boil it down to maybe the top two things about God's Word that has really impacted your life, impacted your life, what might be those like top two reasons why this is important to you? Truth and hope. Truth and hope. I, I'm often amazed at how um, how the world will believe a lie and how often I underline the word truth in scripture. And, and we know that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Um, my word is true. You know, like you just, there's so many passages that truth is, um, we're, su- we're supposed to honor God and worship him in truth with wholeheartedly. So I think truth is one of those things that I can I can 100% bank on the fact that everything I read is true here. Um, and hope, I COVID was hard for me. It was really hard for me. I have gotten a new passion for God's word um, and a deeper passion in the last, since August 17th, 2020. I, um, I have not missed reading, and, and this isn't bragging, this is, um, sheer need. I, I'm 52 years old and I finally figured out that I absolutely need God's word every day. And so, um, and so I do, and I, I get up early. I, um, I wake up and you know, if if it's a, a bigger day, sometimes I get up earlier, um, because I, I know that I need to start the day with, with God's word. One of my favorite, I, I brought it today. One of my favorite uh, chapters that I read just recently is Psalm 33. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. And I, I love that. And then through later on in that, that same Psalm, he, it says, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. There's this like it's truth, trust, hope, everything, everything we can get if we're if we're focused in on God's word and who he is. It tells us more about who he is. It tells us more about our relationship with, with Christ. It's all there. So if we for our people that would affirm Man, I believe the Bible to be true and to be God's word. But I just feel bored when I read it, or I just feel too stupid to understand it. How might you encourage them by your own story or by overcoming those barriers in your life? Where I just feel like I read this stuff and it and it doesn't awaken my heart. It's just I understand this is God's word. I'm just bored. Or I just feel stupid when I read this. How would you help someone overcome that? I think the first thing I'd say is get with somebody who's not bored and who does understand it. Ask somebody to come alongside of you. Um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, really great disciples throughout my life and now have um, accountability. Like we we're just accountability partners now. We, we pray for each other and we, and, you know, uh, help each other understand different passages. And, and, you know, I, I go to Fred for different passages and different questions that I have when I'm reading. 
Um, but I, I would say those two things, find somebody who isn't bored and who does know. Uh, and you don't, you don't know everything. I don't, I don't know everything. I, I, I often, they're throughout my Bible. If you flip through my Bible, you'll see huge question marks. I don't know everything. I have a question there. And then, you know, when, when Fred's not reading and I can interrupt him, I'll ask him, Hey, do you have any idea what this means? <laughs> I, I love how you boil it down to truth and hope though. Because if somebody is bored or is overwhelmed by it, you know, to just even realize that, that this is truth, because we're asking this question in our sermon series, what are we formed by? Mm-hmm. Where do we go to, to figure out what's, what is truth? And, and here's a source, as even you read from God's word. And from there, engaging the mind in that truth, allow it to form who we are, and then have have hope for now and hope for the future, mm-hmm. awakening the heart to engaging in that hope as well. So thank you for that. I also think one more thing with the person who might be bored is life might be easy for them right now. I pray that I pray that bad things don't happen to you in order to draw you in. But I think that the things that have forced me to God's word have often been something tough. Great stuff. Leave us with this though, Fred. What's the thing that you absolutely adore about Jen? What's the one thing that you go, I absolutely love this about my wife. I'm throwing you a softball here, Fred. This is, some, this is an opportunity for you to crush this out of the park. Well, I, I think what I absolutely adore about her is that she, as I've discovered, is different than I am. And, and I love how she compliments me. I love how um, she has uh, made, be a, made me a better man, how she has drawn certain parts of my personality out. And, uh, and I just love the team that we make. And uh, so we're looking forward to this next stage in life as, as empty nesters and, and heading in, into uh, just spending more and more time together. Hey, thanks for joining us for another week of our Together We Believe podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button so you get this automatically sent to you each week. As uh, we're looking forward to next week as we, as we talk about creation and see how God's creation played such an important role in one scientist's mind to help him discover who God is. Join us for that.